0: Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast.
1: Good morning everybody and welcome to another edition of Keep Left, the program of the Victorian Labor College. In the studio is John Lafferty. Uh,
0: Good morning listeners.
1: Kim Doyle. Morning, everyone. And myself, Chris Gaffney. So you're starting off, John?
0: Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll start off, Chris, uh, once I get myself set up here. Uh, last week... Hang on. I was going to take my jacket off here.
1: Yes, we'll allow that.
0: that last week there was yet another of these mass killings which happen so frequently in the US. This time mm-hmm. 21-year-old Dylan Storm Roof opened fire on churchgoers in South Carolina and killed nine people. Initial reports focused on the fact that the killer was white, though the car he was driving was black. It was also prominently stated that the church, that's the church, not the churchgoers, was black, though the white gunman himself was actually in the congregation. Law enforcement agencies, preachers and the mass media ignored the world terrorism instead instead using the term hate crime or race hate crime. This is a new one. As if killing nine people could ever be an act of love. (laughs) This fixation on the twisted concept of race spilled over into the world's media. Australian news outlets also chose to ignore such factors as mental illness and the easy availability of weapons in the US in favour of emphasising people's skin colour. Then, somewhere around last Friday, at least one publication moved from pronouncements on race to hysteria over a flag. Apparently the killer had paused with a particular flag. So did madman Morris of Lindt Caffey infamy. So too do lots of these killers. In this instance, though, some chose to view the flag as an actual reason for this terrible crime. Mitt Romney was the failed 2012 Republican presidential candidate. He fumed. Take down the flag. It's a symbol of hatred. Remove it now. Mitt Romney. 2016 Republican nominee Jeb Bush. He tried to go one better. He bragged. In Florida, we acted. We moved our flag from the state grounds to museum. Take down the flag. So this is a flag, a coloured piece of cloth which may or may not fly in a flagpole. Of course, there are some who choose to invest a flag with meaning, but if so, then the meaning is the question, not the actual flag. But there is a meaning. On this occasion, the flag in question is the stainless banner, a blue diagonal cross on a red banner. If you give it meaning, that's what I've just said. <laughs> it's a blue well, diagonal. True, it? It's a blue diagonal cross on a red banner with its stars inserted. Uh, Thirteen stars inserted. It was the official flag for just two years of the Confederate States from March 1863 to March 1865. It is often wrongly called the Stars and Bars of the Confederate flag, but it still creates panic in some. The Reverend Nelson B. Rivers III is a preacher from Charleston, South Carolina, where the killings took place. He chose to focus on just one of the nine people killed, Clementia Pinckney a state senator and church pastor, the Reverend Nelson B. Rivers III had this to say. Every member of the Senate, every member of the House, must make this day, this day, the day that the flag comes down. Never again will somebody be able to use that red rag as a reason for taking the lives of another human being, and that's his grammatical errors, a reason for taking the lives of another human being. So this quote actually suggests that the red rag flag was the reason why these nine people were killed. Not everyone agrees with us. Ben Johns achieved fame in the 1980s TV comedy The Juks of Hazard. I never laughed. He said, This man, Dylan Storm Roof, doesn't represent me. 70 million people descended from the Confederacy, and you all can't define us by the act of one demented head, huh?
2: Right. So but that the, sounds the, fairly
0: reasonable and fairly tolerant, right there.
2: I thought it was the racist environment, you know, the constant killing. I don't recognise race. The, well, the police you ter- do. Ter- when you tell ter- me what
0: race people. is, and I'll recognise it. Well, it's, well, I it's recognize, not whether I you
1: recognise it or not. It's to some people, to some whites, being black itself is a, is a crime, and the Confederate flag was the flag of the slave owners which is why it remains politically potent today.
2: I think that race is con- <coughs> it's socially constructed, <coughs> but then it becomes real because people act on it. For example, the police in racial profiling and so on.
0: They're not dealing with any underlying problems. They're not even looking at any other underlying problems. They're only looking at a symbol because it's easy to make laws, as I'll get to in a second, to outlaw a symbol. That's what I'll, I'll get to that in a minute because I don't think you know about it. 70 million people descended from the Confederacy and you all can't define us by one demented hater. So clearly some people see it as representative of the South. Well, of course. That's what some people see it as. You know, and and I'll get to some of the people who do use this. Well, the racist South. No. The racist South. Okay, okay. Well, we'll get to that in a second. Mm -hmm. We'll get to that in a second. Unfortunately, voices of reason and tolerance are being drowned out by the likes of Barack Obama, and Hillary Clinton, the two leading Democrat politicians. Obama is desperate to once again align himself with the black population who trusted him in 2008 and 2012. They were twice bitten. On Monday, he signed into law an executive order banning the manufacture, distribution, and even possession of Confederate flags and memorabilia. He called the flag, Obama here, a symbol of hatred similar to a swastika. For her part, Clinton said, it's a symbol of our racist past. Word racist now being injected in? It shouldn't fly anywhere. Clinton and Obama are hypocrites. In 2008, a Hillary Clinton campaign badge featured her face and this very flag, alongside the words, Alabama supports Hillary Rodham Clinton for president in 2008. Obama himself, Barack Obama I'm speaking about here, Obama himself, who some view as more Uncle Tom than Uncle Sam, had his own campaign badge in 2012, the last presidential election. With this very flag flying right next to his face, the slogan said, Where the Confederate flag flies, we have built a powerful coalition of large A African-Americans and small W, white Americans, re-elect Obama 2012. There are many, many more examples of this hypocrisy. This same Barack Obama will this week deliver the eulogy for the pastor and senator Reverend Clementia Pinckney. This will be yet another chance for him to do his Martin Luther King impersonation, an act which is wearing thin for most intelligent people, I'd suggest. At one time, the South was strong on Democrat territory, providing the previous three Democrat presidents, Johnson, Carter and Clinton. These days are long gone, and it's not hard to see why. The sad part of all this is that the Republicans are the the party who are going to win most of these disaffected Democrat voters. In the same week in which the so-called Boston bomber was sentenced to death, another 21-year-old, Dylan Storm Roof, now awaits his fate, now, of course, they deserve punishment because these were terrible crimes, but those wasted lives also represent a tragedy. By contrast, the actions of some of America's biggest companies should not mean companies should not mean much. Walmart, Sears, and Amazon are three giant corporations, all trying to look big by stating that they will no longer sell this sta- stainless banner flag big deal. Whether it's in-store or online, all three of these companies, not selling flags, they do still sell Nazi memorabilia, apparently, all three of these companies continue also to sell guns and similar weapons of death, as per usual. As with Obama and Clinton, these companies are hypocrites. Flags don't kill people. The tearing down or even banning, and that's the law now is banning. If you have symbols, these symbols in your possession, they're speaking about jail time. Well, I've got a little Elvis badge. It's a tiny little badge I've had for about thirty well, years. Well, you 's definitely go to it's, jail for <laughs> that. It's, it's, it's got a little Confederate flag and it's got Elvis over the top. It's like about two centimeters. If I was in America. Anyway, I think this is quite serious, actually. You, you want to listen to this. The tearing down or even banning of such symbols will do nothing to prevent further mass killing, similar to this one. Give it a few weeks. You'll soon. Well, I... am all for getting killed. I think no. there's
2: a problem when the, the obvious hypocrisy of the state and when the state starts jumping on board and tries to make an opportunity out of these things, there's all kinds of problems, as you say. Well, yes. if you're
0: going to be banning symbols and, and sending people to jail, this is dictatorial stuff. This, I mean, I think Obama really is now entering the territory where he's the most dangerous US president since Canada. Well, it's is is about really to the attack civil bill. liberties,
1: um, and in talking about civil liberties, we might embark on what both Kim and I decided to talk about, and that's the extraordinary attack by the Abbott Liberal government, supported, of course, by uh, Bill Shorten of the Labor Party, um, who uh, over the ABC's program on Monday night Q and A, and what their actions show is that there's clearly no support within the political establishment for democratic rights and freedom of speech. The man concerned with a bloke called Muller began began his contribution to Q&A by outlining his history. He says this, As the first man in Australia to be charged with terrorism under the harsh liberal Howard government in 2003, I was subject to solitary confinement, a 22-hour lockdown, dressed in most times in orange overalls, and treated like a convicted terrorist while under the presumption of innocence. What would have happened, he continued, if my case had been decided by the minister himself and not the court? And he means the current day minister. The question, of course, went to the very heart as to what is at stake in the government's planned legislation. We should note that Mala issued no denunciations, let alone any appeals in support of terrorist activity, in fact, he opposes IS, but simply drew out what had taken place and the implications of the government's legislation. There was a panel member, Stephen Chiabo, who was a parliamentary secretary in the Abbott government. He responded with a strident attack. After admitting, as is usual with politicians, that he wasn't familiar with the circumstances of the case, he said, well, I've got to tell you, that I'd be pleased to be part of a government that would say that you're out of the country as far as I'm concerned, end of quote. Uh, He recalled Tony Abbott's comments last Friday, attacking the suggestion that conviction by a court would be required before an accused citizenship was revoked. What happens if they get off, says Abbott? That's the problem. So, in other words, if the courts decide somebody's innocent, that's not good enough for our Tony. In response to Chiabo, Muller called out in the audience, rubbish, rubbish. Angered by this, Chiobo, the Abbott minister, declared, I'm telling you I'd sleep very soundly at night with that point of view. The ABC researchers would have been well aware of the facts of Muller's trial prior to inviting him on the show. He had issued a a denunciation uh, of the uh, ASIO, the Australian Security Intelligence Organisation, after his passport was seized in 2002. A fairly silly thing to do, you would have (laughs) thought. But how did that come about? A detective posing as a journalist lured him Uh, into making violent threats by offering $3,000 for his story. The jury acquitted him of the terrorism charge on the basis that these threats of violence hadn't been serious and had been aimed at getting publicity. But nevertheless, he was sentenced to 30 months' imprisonment after pleading guilty and making a threat against the Commonwealth Office. That was in WSWS, but I didn't read it anywhere else. Before his trial, he had spent two years, mostly in isolation, in a maximum security prison. Uh, Jones, the compere, noted that Muller had travelled to Syria to be with the Free Syrian Army who, of course, are backed by the United States. The implication <clears throat> being was that if you went to join a terror group that happened to be by, yeah, backed yeah, by the United States, this was all right. <laughs> um and but Muller said he'd gone there to experience the situation for myself and why the uprising had begun. Send back a postcard, maybe. The implication, as I say, was that the Free Syrian Army was uh, in order because it was backed by the Americans. Although that's largely a fiction, the main fighting against the Assad regime is being conducted by ISIS and other Sunni militants who've been financed and armed by the United States allies. In concluding the event. Jones gave Muller the chance to make a final comment and he declared, the liberals now have justified to many Australian Muslims in the community tonight to go and to leave and go to Syria and join ISIS because of ministers like him. Well, now, this this has sent the the room into panic. Uh, In other words, and and everybody got upset, had the program management known that Muller was going to draw a connection between government actions and support in sections of the Muslim community for ISIS, he would have been totally censored. Any, attempts, uh, any attempt by anybody to establish a link between current social and political conditions and the emergence of such extreme, uh, uh, disgusting politics is immediately denounced as providing an excuse or a justification for terrorism, so much for free speech. There's no question that the politics of ISIS and other terrorist organizations are deeply reactionary. But every day, these Muslim young people are confronted with the outpourings of politicians such as Chiabo, the diatribes spewed from the murder Ogun newspapers such as the Daily Telegraph and the Herald Sun, and the provocative comments of shock jocks on radio and television. In working-class suburbs where most of these Muslim youth live, unemployment stands at 20% or more where opportunities for decent-paying jobs are no longer available. Young working-class men are particularly confronted with daily police and harassment for simply being of Middle Eastern appearance. There's also another factor at work. The bipartisan character of support for the fraudulent war on terror, exemplified by Labour's Fitzgibbon during the Q&A programme, underscores the fact that the ever-deepening social and political alienation can find no outlet within the official political establishment. This, of course, goes to a, a whole range of things. If you're opposed to to war, to discrimination, to racism, where do you go? Because Liberal and the Labour Party are the same, same. So it's evil, evil, easily for this protest movement in these uh, wretched suburbs to be directed into extreme right-wing and reactionary directions. Mm. That situation will only change when the working class starts to move and there's a genuine left-wing alternative. Mm, that's true. Tony Abbott and his supposedly small-L liberals, including Malcolm Turnall, who's presented as the liberal face to the Abbott government, have launched a sweeping attack on democratic rights and free speech following this particular program. One right-wing liberal backde- bencher, Alec Hawke, led off with a statement that it's almost as if the ALP is engaged in some form of sedition. And another intellectual, the Liberal MP, Craig Kelly, said the ALP has allowed itself to become a mouthpiece for terror recruitment.
2: Have you heard some of the satire that's been going around? No, I haven't. Um, It's quite a good one um, from The Shovel, and they were talking about how um, the ABC's uh, flagship political discussion program, Mm. Q&A, will now just be Tony Abbott standing in front of a row of empty audience seats asking questions before running back to the stage to answer them. And that... um, They've got a fictitious quote for him, which is This is the best way to ensure Australians hear a wide range of government. (laughs) Views, (laughs) Views, <laughs> um, that, 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 and they're yeah. planning on replacing Tony oh, Tony Jones with a flag.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah, that's that's just uh, that's yeah okay, very funny. But um, the, the really interesting thing in that article there, Chris, the WSWS article, is where they say there was three thousand dollars, and that's coming from an ASIO officer posing as a journalist. Was mm-hmm. it? That's the, the the most interesting thing about that because I haven't seen that reported anywhere else.
1: Well, no, well,
0: and that's what led to Mala... Threatening ASIO officers—is that right? And, and that being recorded? Yeah, that's right. That's right. I've that. heard of the kind that. Of, that is the only really interesting thing mm-hmm. about that. I've
2: heard of those sort of tactics being used. It's, it's a
0: good analysis. I like. The, I like what they say towards the end. You know, like if if you don't offer a good alternative, people are going to be you know going off in these ways Well, that's, what, what, and, what um, they're saying is that in these suburbs, when where the I wouldn't base, call them wretched suburbs. It's a bit rough,
1: but <laughs> well, it's wretched for them because there's no yeah, work, yeah. no prospective work, and they're yeah. for getting harassed by the police and getting rubbish thrown at them by every Liberal minister who wants to gee up a few more
0: votes. $3,000 is obviously the most interesting part about that article.
1: Turnbull reported that an external review of the programme was underway and then in conducting this review, I would encourage the ABC to contact and consult with the Australian Federal Police. So if you want to say anything a bit controversial, you've got to go to the Federal Police first to clear it. The review, which has previously initiated to examine the balance of the programme, will also include an, <coughs> an examination of the makeup of the audience. In other words, the government is orchestrating a situation where not only will questions be vetted by those in charge of the programme, as they already are, but the political affiliations of the audience member will also be subject to police attacks and mm-hmm. uh,
0: checks. It's the same as what I was speaking before about the United States. I mean, you know, they're they're getting more and more police and secret police powers, you know, where it's like banning this, silencing that. You know, it's the same thing. And, uh, you know, it doesn't matter who they're going for. You know, there's an old slogan, oh, the Nazis came for the Jews. I wasn't a Jew, so I didn't do it. It doesn't matter who they're going for. You know, That's I mean, right. the fact is that once those, laws, your rights, once those laws are in place, they can be used on any board. Of body. course, of course.
1: In other words, the government's orchestrating a situation where not only will be questions be vetted by those in charge of the program, but by police check. In fact, the government is particularly upset about the reaction of the audience to Muller's question and the applause that greeted his comment that, quote, as an Australian citizen he would like to see Chiobo out of the country, which I think is a pretty reasonable thing to say. I'd like to see the entire government out of the country. Turnbull's intervention over Muller's remark is the second major initiative uh, by the communications minister in less than two months. In April, he held discussions with the management of the other government-owned television, SBS, Mm. over comments posed by a football commentator, Scott McIntyre, Denouncing the militarist celebrations of the centenary of Anzac Day, McIntyre was subsequently sacked by SBS management. Now this is the government who's who's leaping to the defence of Andrew Bolt, and defending his right to slander and vilify Aboriginals. That's apparently okay. And
0: there's it's a McIntyre gr- did too. Well, be that as it may, not Aboriginals, but. He vilified entire ethnic groups, actually. It, I mean, not an ever to go into this black-white nonsense, which has you know, gone down that horrendous yeah, but path, the, the, but he did. You don't, I think the, if was, you read fully what he said... If the, if the, the discussion was, is
1: generally democratic
0: yeah. and everybody is allowed to have their say, sure. then some people are going to talk unbelievable rubbish and yeah, they look, will
1: be corrected by people who are not speaking you, unbelievable Should rubbish.
0: you be threatening them with fines and jails is the real, real yeah, question. Of course it is. Well... well that is a real question. Or even being sacked, which has gone back to a Absolutely. major part of McCarthyism. Well, that's that You right. just can't walk again.
1: That's right, okay. exactly. The manufacture, furor and attacks against the Q&A programme exposed the complete hypocrisy of the entire political establishment, including Labour and the Greens. Last January, all the major political parties joined together to defend the right of the French magazine Charlie Hebdo, to vilify poor and immigrant Muslim communities in the name of free speech, oh. but when a single individual tries to draw a connection between the actions of the Australian government and support for Islamic fundamentalists amongst alienated sections of the Muslim community, their response is to immediately clamp on an ocean discussion and organized state repression. so
0: you're saying we so should, much you're by saying, Charlie Hebro correct me, comrade, you're saying that we should have all of it, we should allow all of it, yeah. Oh, well, the left. Yeah, no, yes. 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 Okay. Well, I good. Okay. Um, talk um, talk uh, that's good. About, thanks.
2: Hmm? I just wanted to talk about, um, so I suppose, some of the specifics with the hysteria that's really going on in the media at the moment. Uh, some of the things that well, Tony Abbott has revived his, you know, which side are you on, Team Australia rhetoric. Hmm. Not that he ever really put it aside. Yes. Um, and suggesting that the nation had been betrayed yet again by the ABC. Um, he also came out and said, in a press conference flanked by no less than 10 flags, he's going to put the, <laughs> just the 10. Australian flag the in the, <laughs> out the It was only eight the, the last time. Uh, well, I think in a couple of, yeah, it's going to be the next press conference, it'll be at least just a flag. 50. Um, but he uh, announced that, you know, heads must roll, and this is related to um, the inquiry yeah, that yeah. Um, the government has instigated that Chris was talking about. Um, but it wasn't just the Prime Minister who got in on it. Um, other Liberal MPs and News Corp drones um, were also getting in on the panic and paranoia. Uh, so we know what commun- you know, supposed Liberal and uh, Communications Minister Malcolm Turnbull called it um, a grave error. And another Liberal PM called it a form of sedition. Uh, the minister for justice um as chris has pointed out is now has now arranged for the federal police to assist the abc in making sure that there are security checks um and it was all, it's already q and a is such an incredibly screened process oh, to get isn't it ever? to get on even the like the tweets it goes through like two edit, editors or something ridiculous why is it they always
0: um, say that there's like 50% coalition voters when it's clear that the vast majority would be uh, ALP. I don't know. Um, I, don't, I, don't I don't know why they do
2: that. Think that but that. some of the things that oh. the Murdoch tabloids ABC. were saying was um, they variously labelled the ABC, um, and some of these are quite clever, Traitor TV, terrorvision, and the ABC of Jihad. Uh, so two depicted Islamic uh, state flags with the ABC logo.
0: Yeah, the Herald did that.
2: Now, I think that it is, it's actually, um, because what uh, Zaki Malal said um, is sort of, uh, is is something that's actually quite widely acknowledged to be true, um, even in mainstream sources. And I'll get to this in a second. Um, so we know that he was specifically responding to the Liberal MPs' comments that you know when he looked him straight in the eye and said he'd be um, pleased to be part of a government uh, that would you know kick him out of the country. Um, he, what he what he said, um, he said, and he wrote in a Guardian article that he he doesn't support ISIS. Um, himself Um, but that actually if you just read some of the sources from the mainstream like the British House of Commons Home Affairs Committee they released a 2012 report um, called The Roots of Violent Radical Radicalisation and they noted that one of the few clear conclusions we are able to draw about the drivers of radicalisation is that um, a sense of grievance is key to the process so uh, the Prevent Review, which was published by the Home Department in 2011, again in the UK, found that sources of grievance include stop-and-search powers used by the police under counter-terrorism legislation, the UK's counter-terrorism strategy more generally, and a perception of biased and Islamophobic media coverage and UK foreign policy, notably with regard to Muslim countries, the Israeli-Palestinian conflict and the war in Iraq, and this was supported uh, by evidence to our inquiry. Now, a 2013 study, which was published in the Journal of Psychology and Behavioural Science, um, also noted that another broad risk factor regarding radicalization is the perceived injustice of Western policies towards Muslim com- uh, countries. And so it goes um, on and on like this. Their own internal uh, reports uh, showing them basically various versions of the truth, uh, that um, actually it is a lot of the times um, the... Imperialist policies of the West that are actually helping ISIS recruit.
0: Yeah, that's obvious. That's and what Chris also, said before and, and, and what WSWS, of course, said, and it's, it's been said a million times. But the thing is, it's not, it, that, and that is true, this is more reasoned. The thing is, how Mahler said it, he said it very directly. He said that what you're saying now, Minister, is May lead, will lead to these people wanting to go over to Syria, Iraq to fight for well, ISIS. So it was, I can... hang on, but it's how he said it. It was very direct. And so that then comes across. As a threat, it's like I, it's like almost suggesting that they should be doing that, as opposed to the more reasoned analysis which you were given. And what? Well, yeah, Kim is just so saying the same thing. I basically.
2: I disagree with that. Um, I actually think that the way that some of the smaller liberals, like uh, Waleed Ali, have been re- re- reiterating that it's a call to arms. Well, he's I think a that that artist. is um, yeah, that's true. I think that's um, rubbish as well. But actually, the thing that I disagreed with no, with it, what it, did, it did come across Mala like said, that to me.
0: Actually, with what
2: I disagreed with what Mahler said was what he said, that many Muslims were driven to join IS. And I think that it's actually a credit to uh, Muslim people that actually, despite the constant um, uh, provocations from the government, ASIO, police agencies and the media, uh, Muslims in Australia have shown incredible restraint in their responses to this ongoing war the government has launched against them. And it's actually only the tiniest fraction that have turned to even thoughts of terrorism, something that cannot be said of the leaders of Western governments. And I think that um, actually, you know, if the government was actually at all serious or genuinely concerned about terrorism, they would take the advice of Noam Chomsky, who said, um, everyone's worried about stopping terrorism. Well, there's an easy way to stop.
0: Don't stop. Stop
2: participating in it. That alone will reduce the amount of terrorism in the world by an enormous uh, quantity.
0: No one in their right mind would want to join IS. And Mala, as I was stating before, I don't know how you can say you're disagreeing with me, because this is actually all the same as how he said it. And he did say many Muslims, and this is really more offensive to Muslims than to anyone else, that, hey, you guys should be and are joining IS. Well, he, not. Didn't say um, he didn't say he should be, should. Well, well, it it wouldn't justify, and, uh, and it wouldn't justify the government's response. Yeah. Um, well, I, I still would stick by what I was
2: saying. I disagree.
0: About what the um we the new this
1: new doctrine is bound up with increasing lawlessness characterising the Abbott Abbott government. It's flouted Australian national laws in its treatment of refugees and asylum seekers, and has even been paying people smugglers in potentially criminal operations. This has been accompanied by the rising drumbeat of militarism and the a relentless promotion of nationalism and patriotism most vividly expressed in the multi-million dollar celebrations of the centenary of World War I. Um, The uh, political establishment is absolutely determined, Labour and Liberal, including the media, to intimidate and suppress any challenge to this militarist agenda
0: of the Australian ruling elite. That's what this Q&A
1: Mm. Dispute. Is yes, really but it, about. It,
0: it needs to come from people with some sense, like yourself, like WSWS, uh, and not from you Namala. Know, okay, so yeah, I, I mean, you did. know, look, of, co- of course, he's got his right to free speech, of course, he's got all of this, blah, blah, blah. And yes, in that simple sentence, he draws a link, which there is actually quite a bit of truth in. Yes, but. So he's unsophisticated. He, uh, he's uh, a bit uh, rough around the edges. So what? Well, this fellow's shit, actually. Yeah, but, I think that's uh, elitist. <laughs> hmm?
2: I think it's elitist. I think that he... I just simply disagree I'm being that lots of people... Oh, yeah. It's first time I've ever been
1: well, accused of being elitist. Well, you're, a you're accusing him of, <laughs> of not presenting him himself in the immensely polished way that perhaps people like me might do. No, I certainly wouldn't say that. <laughs> that for a minute. No.
0: Yeah. All right, people, listen, just... it's your chance to ring up. We've had our say,
1: it's your chance to ring up on 9419 0155, 9419 0155. We don't agree entirely with each yeah. other here. You probably don't agree with us, maybe you're not at all. Anyway, this is your chance, whether you like what we've said or you don't, 9419 fine.
0: I have to say that is the very first time in my life I've ever been called elitist.
1: <laughs>
0: well, there's a first time for everything. First time for everything.
1: Well, yeah, you know, I think I mean maybe the words. The, the point so. is, does he have a right to freedom of speech? Sure. And does the person have a right to be unsophisticated? Sure. Yes. yes. Do they have a right to express things bluntly and crudely? Uh, yes. Well, you, you might yeah, prefer yeah. that they're more sophisticated. But they're not. No. These are just uneducated people who can't get a job out in the suburbs. I didn't think no. that he was that... I think, I you're, did, being I, al- I think you're being elitist saying no. that. Well, I don't but, think so. I thought he respected himself pretty clearly. Yeah. I didn't mind what he said at all. I mean...
0: No, no, he was... Now, look, it, it looked to me that he was actually saying... It was actually threatening and actually saying that... People should be going rushing off to Syria, and Iraq, to, to join us. Yeah, I did and get I that in person. that's the government's line. You know. They're saying, and yeah. I mean, what you, what you well, brought? Well, that's the way the
1: government's chosen to, to interpret. Well,
0: are most Muslims rushing off to join IS? No, of course they're not. Well, he's yeah. saying they are. No, he's not. Yeah, well, he actually doesn't. No, he's saying
1: he's saying that <laughs> you, Look, the think government, think are giving them reason to consider it. That's all he said. You that you're at, by well, your joining IS. Ex- well, looking for some does, al- does looking for some alternative. Okay, all
0: right. That's a big difference. Joining IS is a long way from looking for some alternative. Well, absolutely, look for some alternative. The, the left but alternative, for God's does... sake, or no God's sake, do not join IS, kids. Well, no, we would agree with that. I think we what must We, we this. would say
1: to them, join join a socialist group, join a socialist group that is really going to change society. Unfortunately. That is not presented as a major alternative for the Muslims out in the suburbs. And that's why they may flirt with the rubbish that IS would
0: publish.
2: You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.